baby! It's another episode of Playing Dress Up, the podcast where we truly unravel how people get into the con scene and talk about how they continue to navigate it. Now, our next guest is one of many, many a title. A cosplayer, a thrifter, a DIYer, and a makeup enthusiast. They can be normally seen at cons gallivanting alongside Instagram users Kay Robeck and Edgar Allan Nope, who also introduced them to one of their first anime conventions. They truly love a look, whether they're using wigs or makeup whenever they can to change up their appearance. And boy, do they always look good in them. They love to be Bulma from Dragon Ball Z and truly draw inspiration from them whenever they can. And not only that, but they truly find comfort in a timeless classic of an anime known as Urusei Yatsura, the self-proclaimed minion Hokage. It's Ada! <laughs> hello! Hello! Oh my god, that was beautiful. Yes, I love yes. it. <laughs> it always is. How are you, my dear? I'm good. I'm good. You know, going, navigating through, uh, the storm that is 2020 you know it will always blow my mind how well like it shouldn't blow my mind how everything is just garbage like as the days progress something happens because you're like oh corona hot we get it that is something we couldn't control and then all of a sudden you get to like what happened more recently where it's like gender reveal party causes 7,000 acre wildfire in California and I was like this is not real. Like I, I'm still dreaming. Like this has to be fake. Somebody, somebody thought this was fun. Like <laughs> it's like the more like every day you wake up in 2020 is just like hey, surprise. But it's never like a good surprise. It's just like ta-da. Here's here's what happened today. What's next tomorrow? And it's funny because. I have made it a point because what I realized is like, as I've gotten older, as I've gotten like more wiser in the ways of the world, I learned that like what people like, what people like to hear in the news or what people are really in tune to is all the drama and all the bad shit that happens in the world. Nobody wants to hear success stories. People want to see things fail because that's fun to talk about. And so... But like, I have made it a point as I've gotten older to find like the good in the news somewhere. And let me tell you, when I cannot find the good in the news, baby, I cannot find the good in the news. Like, I have found where it's like, ooh, like, the the maybe coolest thing that I'm still not even like, this isn't fun for anybody. When they were like, New York City resumes indoor dining, like, September 30th. I was like, kind of cute for the businesses. I get it. Like, the businesses need to survive. People need to get paid. I'm glad for everybody getting their checks. But I'm also like, is this the time? Do we need this? <laughs> like, was this necessary? Yeah, it's a little... It's a little weird, especially because, like, we're in the U.S. And just seeing how so many other countries have handled everything. It's like watching everyone, like, just slowly get through things. And you're just, like, sitting there, like, what what about us? What about us? It makes me crazy. So, like, what was it? Like, everybody made the joke where it was like, oh, 
like Wuhan, the epicenter of like China, like in the middle of summer, I think it was like sometime in like July or August. I don't know. Time is a concept. Time just flows. It is like March, like 150 at this point. I don't really know. But like in the middle of summer, they were like, oh, Wuhan's fully having like a summer EDM festival in a pool and everybody's having the time of their lives. And I'm just like, here I am again with my plant behind me. And, um, that's all I got going for me. And like, they truly, truly are living it up. Where like, I also, I read this in the news where Wuhan is now officially saying, hey, y'all, we're lifting the ban on international travel. Y'all can go. Like, y'all can fly to countries that are approved. So like, one of the flights that they're doing is from Wuhan, China to uh, Seoul, Korea. So at least they can go to Korea. I I could if I wanted and do a 14-day quarantine, but it's they're going to look at me like, oh, you're from fucking America, the new epicenter of this goddamn virus. Like, it's not going to be like, oh, we welcome <laughs> you with open arms. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's even that too, just seeing how other countries even handle people who are traveling. And it's like, all right, you stay in a hotel and they give you food. And it's just like, they like actually take care of you. Whereas here, baby, it's the Hunger Games out here. Like they don't date nothing. Yeah, they said you came with what came on your back. You're on your own. Like y'all figure it out. Like yeah. I'm just like, what? And like it's it's so it blows my mind because I had like this crazy crazy idea because you know me in quarantine I like was like how do I leave but also stay safe and responsible and like I went through like this whole like one like day of just daydreaming about leaving this country and like one of it was like exactly that like Korea where like Korea's policy is like you you know you do your scan and your everything at the airport. You land in Korea, and like you say, it is a federally mandated program where they put you legitimately in like a four or five star hotel. They're, they don't say, bitch, you stay in a hostel. Like, we did the bare minimum. Like, you get to live for $30 a day. They're like, no, 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 no. 14 days, all expense paid in this little hotel room. On top of that, you get three meals a day. You don't spend no dime out of your pocket, and it's straight to your room. Because I've watched the whole vlog on YouTube. I'd be knowing these things. And and you take it straight up. Like, when you're done with the day, you take all your trash, you put it outside, and then re- rinse and repeat for 14 days. And in those 14 days, you can do whatever the hell you want in your room. And I legitimately thought, what if I crazy thought? Like, I was just going through the motions. was like, I fly to Korea. I take the day off. And then I work remotely. You know, I do my hustles. And I just be in this room because I can't leave, right? And then I go enjoy a week in Korea. And then I come back. And then I realized that was a very bad plan from the start. Because the hours are fully flipped. So I would be fucked. Because 9 a.m., 6 p.m. there is fully like 9 p.m., 6 a.m. here. Like, more or less. Like, add one or two hours. So, like, my sleep schedule would be fucked. Because I would be, like, upon landing, be like, okay, I'm going to teach myself to be, like, up from 9 p.m. their time to 6 a.m. that time. And then the food only comes during, like, the day. (laughs) And so I was like, I would never be fed. (laughs) I was like, Joe, bad idea. Just wait. Just wait it out. I promise you it'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's the best idea. It's just, like, it sucks because we don't know how long Uh it's gonna be but like it's just better to wait it out but like that daydreaming about just getting away 
it's there. Oh my god! Like, I'll be in my my little desk just doing my stuff. I'm like, oh, you know, just one day, one day, one day. Like, it's cute because it's like I always tell people like I fully like actively encourage people now because it's like, listen, I get it, like. People like people that I know at least and trust are being smart about this pandemic and being like, we barely go outside. We wear our masks. I don't know what the hell's going on outside, but people be acting up. And so what I always like recommend is like, okay, so these assholes are, we get it at this point. They're going to ruin it for all of us. They're going to just fuck it up for us. That's, that's just the nature of the world. That's something we can't control. But what we can control is like having like these little quarantine hangouts. I always fully recommend like having like kind of like a quarantine team. Where it's like you have like your trusted few friends and you're like, oh, we can go outside. We can go meet at the park and like hang out. And if like even if like you really trust like let's say that circle of like six or whatever 15 it is. Do like a nice little like Airbnb get together just to like change your scenery. Change something up and be like we are outside of the four walls. Yes, we moved back into another four walls. But it is not my home. It is not things that I'm very <laughs> familiar with. It feels nice, even if it's for like a day or a weekend, and then we go right back. Yeah, I think the most I've hung out with like one or two people, and the farthest I've gone is like IKEA in Brooklyn. <laughs> like it's not far, but it's something. It's just you. You definitely have to find people that you trust. Trust that they're staying safe. And that, like, the people they're with are staying safe because it's just the mm-hmm. chain of events. It's a it's a hot, hot mess. And, like, it's, like, funny because, like, I fully have, like, I talked about this in, I think, the podcast right before this. I don't know my timelines. But, like, I have, like, become a creature <laughs> of, like, all of a sudden, like, being, like, I need to go for a walk. Like, just because I need to leave my house. And I have done the whole like big sprawling like retail centers like I've done the Ikea day where it's like I'm just gonna walk like just (laughs) just running through the store (laughs) and like physically forcing myself not to like speed walk New York style and be like this is nice that's a room I will never have but this is cute and like fully done the Walmart trip where it's like I'm not here to buy anything I'm just here for the entertainment. I just want to see y'all act up because that's really what Walmart's for is just watching people act up and just like slowly meander with my cart that's been like wiped down with the Lysol wipe they give you and being like, I'm not going to buy anything. I just want to pretend I'm going to be here for at least like two hours just walking. (laughs) Just like, um, I found out CVS has like Hello Kitty Halloween stuff. And so I just made it a mission. I was like, I'm going to go get myself something Hello Kitty Halloween. We're going. That's my mission for today. That's super cute. I actually didn't even know they were doing like, I didn't even know CVS had Halloween. Well, yes, Halloween Hello Kitty merchandise. Because like everybody and their mothers like has been like screaming about like, look at like Michael's doing this pastel pink collection and Halloween decor and how like Joanne's is doing like this like ooky spooky yet minimalistic like gold accented like Halloween decor. And I'm like, this isn't even Halloween decor. This is like shit that I could just have around the house like on the daily. <laughs> like... hello kitty halloween i'm here i'm here i'm listening listen i found out through tiktok because i spend way too much time on tiktok and everyone was just like look at this giant hello kitty like door stopper that you could get and i was just like oh 
Okay, bet. So dangerous. I was like the TikTok rabbit hole that everybody has been going on. Because that was that was me in the beginning of this pandemic. I will tell you that. Like my pandemic app. Like it's funny because in the beginning of the pandemic, I would use my phone consistently. And I'd be like, I need to get distracted everywhere. Like walking through the streets of New York and be like, I'm going to distract myself with mobile games and like Instagram and Twitter. And then like I got home and I was just like, I don't need half these apps. And I like deleted it. I just went cold turkey. Like I just had like an episode and I was like, I can't do this. But then like I like downloaded TikTok, like many people did this pandemic. And the black hole that you can go just on your like for you page is dangerous. <laughs> oh my God. I love it because like you just watch one video about baking and then your like half your for you page is just like watch me bake random stuff and then it just goes on from there um but it's interesting too to see like how many different communities are in tiktok too because there's like cosplayers there's makeup artists there's like every kind of tiktoker which is great it blows my mind it was like funny because one of the actual earlier episodes of this podcast was supposed to be actually like fully centered around like one of my friends who was like blowing up on tiktok and i and this was like early so like when we we're gonna record this is gonna be january and like i was gonna be like can you just give me like the 411 but not everybody knows the 411 about tiktok nobody needs to explain it anymore but like it is it's like insane how good the algorithm is at like knowing what you like. I think that's the scariest part about TikTok for me because it'll be like, oh, they like that video. Let's go find this like one random niche video that is like slightly tangential to this. Do you like this one too? I think we get to know who you are. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Y'all are too good at this. Like, I don't need this attack on my life. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a complete 180 from like Instagram where it's just like the algorithm just doesn't even let you see half the people that you're following. (laughs) Absolutely not. And it's just like, what is the point? (laughs) Like, what was the point? Yeah. Like I've definitely like, I have a love hate relationship with like Instagram that I've always talked about on this podcast where I use it more as an art gallery. I barely am on it anymore. Like, before it used to be the place for me to like stalk like a con like in like hashtag and be like oh my god that's me in that photo thank you for taking my like call shot i don't do that shit anymore on instagram like i'm just like instagram for me is like it is what it is and like the other places like twitter i was like i just like talking screaming with friends there but like that's all i have right now but like when i go on tiktok tiktok is fun because like the algorithm does encourage you to find like new creators. It like challenges you. They'll be like, here are creators that a lot of people like. And then here are the videos that also have only gotten like 10, 20 likes. Is it something that you're interested in? And they'll throw them in like a good mix. Whereas like Instagram, you go on your explore page, baby, everything has at least like a thousand likes. And I'm like, I don't care. Give me the, give me the shit I like. <laughs> And then, like, half of the Instagram, like, for, like, the Instagram Explore page is just, like, those random videos where it'll start and then it'll just stop, like, five seconds in and then you have to, like, go back. No, just... Play the whole goddamn video. I'm fucking tired. I mean... Yes. I'm gonna experience that. So, whenever this podcast comes out, the following Friday, I'm gonna be releasing a video. And so, I'm gonna see, like, how, like, 
Instagram explores video like formatted things because I'm like I'm gonna fucking hate it if somebody because the way that the video that I'm like putting out there is meant to be viewed as an entire experience but if they fucking put that on some explore page for somebody and there's like here's like the random 10 seconds towards the middle be like no that's not intended play the whole thing (laughs) i'm tired i think that's like the good thing about tiktok too is just like you get the whole meat and potatoes like they don't play with you they're like you Mm -hmm. want the whole video here's the whole video yes you get the meat potato the Spices, the reduction, you get a full course of Yes! It's it's really, like, so good. And it's, like, I think TikTok was, like, super smart in the fact that, like, it's, like, this, the next generation of Vine, because Vine was, like, six seconds. And you were, like, okay, y'all really told the story in six seconds for no good reason. And now I believe TikTok is, like, up to a minute. And, like, some people run with that minute and they will be so creative so like it's so wild to see like how good people have become at like the video creation and the editing because it still blows my mind and like the great thing too is that like they'll share how they made everything so it's not like all right i did this and like just enjoy it it's like the content creators on there actually encourage each other to kind of like all right i did this i use these transitions like i use Mm -hmm. this program and here you go and i think that's like even in cosplay like anything that we do just sharing those secrets is so helpful yes and like it's always feels like sometimes like oh but like everybody should be knowing this and i was like let me tell you the amount of times i have googled something and it was like the stupidest thing like literally up until this podcast i was having technical difficulties and i was just like how do i figure out audacity for like this one bullshit and like i watched something for like 10 seconds like okay i get it thank you random like person on the internet like i appreciate you and i'll probably reference you at some point But it's, like, put out as much knowledge as you can, even if you feel, like, silly. Because, like, like I always say, like, somebody is always going to be a beginner at something that you are more well-versed in. And so if they follow you, they're more willing to, like, listen to you and, like, just be, like, in it to win it with you. And be like, oh, they put it in terms that was more relatable for me than maybe another creator could have fully explained. Because there's been some times where I've searched stuff on the internet or I've heard horror stories about like what cosplayers do to get results. And sometimes it's not like the safest route to go. So you're just like, that could potentially harm you. There's a safer way to do it. Mm -hmm. So everyone's got to learn. Like no one's just going to be born knowing everything that there is to know. Oh, fully. Because I was like, I always say cosplayers are not here for a long time, but they're here for a good time. And if we can bust the lookout, we'll bust the lookout. Like, my favorite story, I will not out this cosplayer, but this person knows who they are, where it was, what was it? It was one Katsukan. We were all doing, like, Fire Emblem together. And he he was, like, getting ready. And I vividly remember he's like, ah, shit. I forgot the Velcro. And I was like, so how are you going to put that on? He's like, I got it. And so he (laughs) he plugs in a hot glue gun into like the socket. And I was like, what are you doing? I was like, you're wearing pants and that's armor. He's like, I know. And I was like, are you doing what I think you're doing? And he fully, (laughs) he fully, 
puts the hot glue on the armor piece, fully pushes it against the fabric. And so he was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And I was like, you idiot. He's like, I know what I'm doing and I'm willing to pay the price. And then like throughout the day, he was like, haha, sick. This shit doesn't move. But fully like ripped off a piece of skin like right after the end of the day. So yes, cosplayers <laughs> do not make the smartest moves sometimes. It is definitely detrimental to our bodies, but... When we gotta bust the look, we bust the look, you know? <laughs> we, you know, we make it work. Oh, yes. I don't know. I saw online, like, I don't know where it was, but someone was talking about making contact lenses. And I was like, please, no, your eyes are precious. I'm leaving this chat. Your eyes are precious. <laughs> I'm fucking leaving. No. This headphone cord does not go that far. I am fucking leaving. <laughs> What do you mean make your own contact lenses? I'm tired. It, and I'm just like, that's the thing that scares me because it's like your vision and stuff like, like you, cosplay oh is great. Cosplay is fun. <laughs> but please be safe and don't like ruin your vision for a cosplay. Oh my God. Like, so, okay. So here's some things that I'm fully about that are very bad for you. I'm fully about like inhaling epoxy resin fumes by accident because you forgot to wear your respirators. I'm all about like, I have to make do and like, just like sandpaper something in like, but you forgot your respirator. I'm not about like spray painting indoors. That's a no, no, like do that shit outside. That's a no brainer. But also, yeah. Buy, okay, sure. We don't all have the means to go buy like colored contact lenses from your favorite like eye doctor or like eye prescription person, whoever. And we're all doing the shady shit where we go at like honeycolor.com and like Pinky Paradise and Lens Village and like buying the most. But do not think you can be God himself and be like, oh, well, these are made in the factory and I have food coloring at home. Let me just do, 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 and I got red. And like, no, buy it. Just. It like it really it makes no sense because it's like I've heard that well now I've heard that and the other one was like what was it like oh to get like I forgot oh my god it was so stupid this was like during like the Hoseki no Kuni phase of cosplay and some cosplayer was doing diamond and they were like oh her eyes are like so intricate with multiple colors just layer up two contact lenses and I literally was just like I'm gonna kill myself. Why would you actively encourage this? No. <laughs> like, I was like, baby, that's what Photoshop is for. The Photoshop is what most cosplayers use. Nobody actually looks like how they look like in person through that photo because it's been touched at least once by somebody in that group. Exhausted. <laughs> and I think that's like, that's another point too where it's just like, like there's such strict, standards on cosplay now that people think that they have to do these things to like get desired results and it's like you you don't like you you're not gonna look exactly like the anime because it's anime no one looks like that like it it blows my mind i mean like it it does take a lot to like learn but you know what we're gonna save this for the second half of the podcast because i want to get into that more so we're gonna take a break now (laughs) And 
are back. Okay, Ada. So we're going to get into more about what we just were talking about before the break happened. But first, before we do, I would love to know, how did you get into cosplay and conventions? So, my first experience with cosplay was um, with my friends, Kendra and Ellen, and it was actually my birthday gift. So, my birthday is in September, just passed this weekend, and um, it's usually around when Colossal Con happens. Mm-hmm. So, they're like, all right, we're, we're going to go to this convention. We'll pay for you to go but you have to cosplay. And I was like, all right, fine. And then it just went on from there. And that was like three years ago. So ever since then, I've just been cosplaying. And like, we do group cosplays. Um, we do solo cosplays. I just, like having them introduce me was probably like one of the best things that happened to me. Oh, fully. Like, I mean, we talked about it on this podcast where it's like, it's always fun when you have like, a group mentality to introduce you into something that is like so creative and also very personal because it's you in the costume more than anything else. And so having like a group of friends to almost like empower you and be like, yes, you better wear that costume. You better do that look. Come join us. We're going to do this together. And especially like there is strength in numbers. So it's like the confidence that like you like bounce off each other is like very magnetic too. And so like you almost feel like in- unstoppable when you're in a group. You're like, say what you want, but I don't, I don't care. Like I'm doing me. I'm with my friends. I'm with my booze. And you standing over there pasty and crusty. So just keep on walking. Keep on doing you. Because we're going to be doing us and we having a great time right now. <laughs> yeah. And just having like that space to be safe to be yourself like there's not enough words to explain how great it really is to just like be with your friends and you're all looking cute and you're all like all right we feel super dope like we're just gonna go out into this con and we're gonna like look cute and show up yeah and i think What's really good also about like your specific experience is that like you had it at Colossal. So it's like your first experience of like cosplay wasn't like this very like grand was idea where it was like big, large, you have to be perfect, you have to be pretty, blah, 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 blah. it was like, no, this is just dress up, baby. It's not that serious. We're about to go into a hot tub. I'm about to drink the drinks, talk the talk, walk the walk, meet the people. Like, I don't have to be, like, fully done up. Like, I'm gonna get cute. But, like, it doesn't have to be, like, this, like, extravagant affair if, like, half of the time I'm be wet. Some person is, like, doing shots in the corner. And, like, also, like, somebody is fully chugging a Kalahari cup because the entire hot tub is screaming at them, you know? We all have that, you know, giant um, Kalahari cup somewhere in our kitchen. Like, mine's in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I don't use it because it's too big for anything, but I keep it there as a souvenir. <laughs> Oh, I keep it as a souvenir, and I usually keep it to come back with my yearly pilgrimage back to the <laughs> Kalahari Resort. Yup. Just like, I'm going to need this in the suitcase, and we're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, starting at Colossal, I think that was the best option for me because 
I have so much respect for cosplayers who do like armor, who do builds, because it's a lot of work. And like, even in the tutorials that they do, and they'll show like each step. And I'm just like, I am not like, I just want to do cosplay cosplays and just like go out there and, and there's no wrong way to cosplay as long as you're not being offensive. Yeah. But, um, starting there and just knowing that cosplay was accessible it wasn't just like all right if you do a cosplay you have to have like a four-length gown and like fighting for the gazebo at KatsuCon and stuff like Mm -hmm. you can just make a swimsuit and you're still cosplaying which is great yeah because it's like I always feel like that was always like when I first got into cosplay like 2009 2010 like, I always mess up the dates, but the dates are always around, like, 2008 to 2010. But, like, that was the spirit because we didn't have, like, the means. We didn't, like, there were, there was cosplay.com, but, like, the vast majority of everybody was just straight up, like, well, we don't really have, like, eBay. We can't really buy all these, like, costumes. Like, it was this very DIY, thrifty environment where it was, like, everybody's doing everything's within their own means. And it's also not, like, everybody had, like, money to throw into the wind. Everybody was, like, half the time, like college kids people in their like early 20s and there was just like we don't got shit but i can run down to my local beauty supply store go to my local thrift store throw some shit on me but you're gonna know who i am once i mention it because you're like i get the reference or you'll like know it immediately if you're a fan of it and so like i always feel like when people like see these like photos because like obviously like social media has been glorified to like hell and back and we talk me and you talked at length before this about like the explore page on instagram and how you cannot like ever see like a smaller creator it's always like a photo that has like a thousand plus likes and so the larger cosplayers are bringing like this like almost like one percent level of cosplay but it's not necessarily totally reminiscent about like what you see on the con floor because it is like a whole mixture where it's like some people like you mentioned are just like pure DIYers pure thrifters some people will like sew everything because that's what they like learned as they were growing up some people are buying costumes and so like for me like the nature of like cosplay was always about like your personal journey and like how you feel in the costume more than it was like an outward representation because i feel like i've also mentioned on this podcast too is that everybody has their own like version of the word quality for themselves and i always never want to like be like oh that 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 like go against like anybody else's but like always keeping in mind like if this is good for you that's good for you and that's absolutely fine you know and like i don't mind if like another person wants to go out of their way and be like oh like if they ask me for my opinions and critiques i'm more than welcome to like give them but they allowed that space for me but don't do it unless they ask for it because they're having fun irregardless yeah and that's like the only thing that should matter is just like do you feel comfortable in that cosplay do you feel like you can have fun in that cosplay? Is this something that you wanted to cosplay personally? Mm-hmm. Because if you're just cosplaying stuff that you you don't feel like you want to cosplay, you're going to lose, like, you're not going to have as much fun in it. Yeah, because it's also, like, I, I have seen, like, the usual trope time and time again that I'm always tired of always tired of where it is like these dude bros at cons who have never touched a costume nor a wig nor a makeup nor a lash in their life and decide they're like 
oh, you're not doing that right. Like, sir, have you ever put in effort in your life to actually look decent before you walked out of that door? Because I don't, I don't think you have. So I don't think you have the right to talk to me. Like, I am exhausted of that, like, stereotype of that person, like, talking to some cosplayer, male or female, deciding, like, I know the rules. Like, what? Or even when they tell you, like, I've had an experience where um, I love cosplaying minions. Like, I just love minions in general. Yes! And one of the minion cosplays that I did, someone commented on my IG post and was like, ew, and I'm just like, why? I'm just being a minion. I'm just, you know, having fun. Why why did you feel the need to put that input in? Like, it's not useful. It's not helping. And no one asked for it. Literally. I'm like, it's also the minions. It's the minions. I'm also the like minions. the minions. The minions speak pure gibberish. They are banana colored. One has one eye. The others have two. Like, it's meant to be just fun. Like, you shouldn't take it seriously, sir. Like, I was having fun in it. Like, don't just say ill just because you just showed up here all of a sudden. Like, exhausting. So wild. But, like, I fully remember my, like, pure days of just full-on DIYing. And, like, I remember, like, for me, I could have personally been, like, a DIYer, the thrifter version where it was, like, just buying shit. But, like, for me, as I was, like, getting into things, I, for me, my journey, the only reason why I started sewing was because I had, like, a body shape that wasn't, like, easily... Like, I had to tailor things to myself. Because I was, like, at one point, I was, like, big up top, small on the bottom. And then I, like, now I'm evened out with more, like, weightlifting. But, like, I'm also, like, six foot. I have, like, a little bit of, like, muscle on my frame. So it was always hard for me to, like be able to find the things that I want thrifting. And so that's how I got into sewing specifically, where I was like, I need to like either add some additional panels into a garment just to make it fit me or like take in things where it needs. And then I was like, wait, I could just make my shit my own. Like, you know, like, but it was a very natural progression for me where as like, I wouldn't force it on somebody unless they wanted to learn, you know? Yeah. I remember my very very first cosplay which was um Lum from Yurisei Atsura yes Kendra actually helped me with that that was all Kendra and then she was like all right you do this you do this and I slowly started picking it up because like I'm plus size so a lot of stuff like costumes I Mm -hmm. cannot buy like most of the costumes are made for smaller frames um and just like the way my figure is like I'm bigger on the bottom, so a lot of skirts and stuff, I kind of have to, like, tailor to fit me. So, like, I started learning how to sew from there. And um, if I could thrift something, I would thrift it. If I could buy something, like, one piece, I could still, you know, do that. But oftentimes, I was just like, all right, I've got to, like, start learning how to um, sew skirts and stuff because I'm going to make this skirt for a cosplay. And then it just started going like that i always find it funny whenever i see like some of my friends like because i'll like i'll order taobao costumes i'm no stranger to taobao costumes but like it's always funny when like my friends can like easily say like oh like i just ordered the small or the medium or the large and i'm just like that's not even an option in my world like in no way shape (laughs) or form i cannot confidently click the sizing and like when it comes in 
I know I have to do nothing to it. Like, I know I have to do something crazy to make it work for me. So it's like whenever I buy things on Taobao specifically for myself, like, I'm always looking for that custom option that, like, exists. And it's always funny because no matter what happens, even if I order custom, even if I give them the measurements down to the centimeter... I still, when it comes in, be like, ooh, baby, we got to run you through the machines because I don't know what they did, but it still don't fit me right. It's <laughs> just like a... <laughs> I think the most I, I do is like, sometimes I order pieces from like Amazon and stuff if it's something that is really super simple and I'll just alter it. But buying a whole costume, I have not, I don't think I've done that yet. <laughs> it's it's a journey. It's a nightmare. Like if you fit the sizes, great. If you don't, it is a whole time in and of itself. But I mean, thank God for four-way stretch spandex because that has saved my life time and time again. (laughs) Spandex world. Shout out to spandex world. (laughs) Literally the one and the only. I cannot tell you the amount of times in my early sewing journey. Like everybody was like, When I tell everybody that, like, my first fabrics that I ever learned to sew on was stretch, everybody goes, like, what? And I was just like, baby, me and that ladder stitch, we are like that now. Like, we are together. I do not know how to sew on (laughs) non-stretch. Give me that nice four-way minimum. Two-way, I'll take, but I gotta, then I gotta figure out the placement, but a four-way, baby, it don't matter. I just... I cut out where I want to, and I just throw it on. It's just like, oh, just fix this little seam right here, and done. I fucking love it. Because it's also like, with four-way, it's like, oh, let's say you're not, like, the best person to, like, let's say, so, like, in the straight lines. Like, because I know in the beginning, I had a hard time understanding, like, you follow the line on the machine, and, like, the edge of your fabric goes against it so you can like go like follow that half inch or whatever seam allowance you gives it because in the beginning i was stupid i didn't even know those lines existed i was just running that baby under the machine and be like i feel like this right and then slowly i understood it's like oh there are lines we should follow them but it's like even if you go a little bit like I guess, aggressive and go over your intended seam allowance, usually that gives you like the more perfect fit because you want your stretch to be like hugging your body a little bit more. And if you go a little bit loose, don't worry, baby, go right back in. Add that little extra like half inch. No worries, that baby stretches and you just put it on, take it off. It works. Like four-way stretch is, ooh, a lifesaver. Chef's kiss. That's it. Like, I refuse, like, because the one, like, staple of cosplay especially is, like, oh, you have to, like, make gloves at some point. And I have seen many a cosplayer where they're just, like, oh, I have to make the gloves out of, like, like a non-stretch material or, like, a leather or something or a pleather. And I'd be, like, a pleather? A non-stretch? Baby, not in this house, baby. I, I'm I'm gonna go to Spandex World. They got that in some <laughs> color, some variant. To I'll I will do a two way glove just to avoid the hassle of perfectly figuring out like the little notches, the gusset of the thumb. I believe it's called. I don't want none of that. I want it. I want my finger to go in. It is two pieces of fabric slammed against each other, and it goes against every crevice and groove of my hand and nothing else 
Yeah, it's just like, oh my god, just not stretchy. I just, mm -mm. everything stretches in my world. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Now, okay, Ada. Now, I've always wondered, because that was in the first part of this, we talked about how your first cosplay was at Colossal East, you know, with Kendra and Ellen. But was that your first convention entirely? That was actually my first convention. Work. Work entirely. <laughs> that is so They good. were literally like, yeah, they were like, all right, we're going to go to this convention, but you have to cosplay. And like, I actually wasn't my first. I did one kind of, it was like a convention in Jersey where it was like in a college, but Colossal was my first actual like convention convention where I cosplayed and then it just went from there. That's so lovely. I was like, cause I was like, some of us sometimes like go through like earlier cons, like when we're younger. So I was like, you were just like, no, it was straight up baby Colossal. There was no other one. It was the one. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. You do one good cosplay and you are full on signed up for the rest. So I know you've also done Blurred Con. So I was wondering, like, how was your transition from, I guess, like, Colossal East to, like, a more traditional con experience? Because I was like, I know Blurred Con does turn up, don't get me wrong, but it is more aligned in, like, the traditional con experience where it's like, oh, there isn't a water park, (laughs) number one. So it is like, oh, there is a con, we walk around, and, like, yes, there are the parties at night. But how was that transition to be like, oh, this is what, like, your more standard version of a con is. It was a different experience, but I think the community at BlurredCon is so different that you don't, like, it's not a bad shift. Yes. Like, it's just super easy to transition. Everyone's super nice. I think one year I did Waluigi, and so everyone's just screaming, wah. It was, (laughs) yeah, I did Waluigi's um, tennis (laughs) outfit. And I just had people screaming wow, like, as I was going up the escalator. And just, like, you feel, like, you feel the community a little bit more. Because, like, Colossal, you're kind of just with your friends. You're, you know, going into the pool, whatever. But walking around BlurCon, you feel, like, you kind of feel that love and feel that good energy. Absolutely. And it's also definitely given to like the nature of BlurredCon in and of itself. So it's like, for those that don't know, uh, BlurredCon happens usually happens in the DMV area, which I always say is like kind of like the holy mecca of cons because there's so many cons that happen down there. And it's specifically uh, like it's obviously Blurred is for black nerds. So it's usually for a lot of, you know, what are we calling it? B-I-P-O-C's, B-I-P-O-C's. So, you know, black indigenous Uh, people of color, you know, that entire community is usually the biggest proponents of everybody who attends BlurredCon. And it is so lovely to see that, you know, like in a lot of spaces, especially on social media, where it feels that cosplay doesn't have a place with POCs and like, especially the higher numbers, you know, as you go through your Instagram Explore page, you're not being exposed to a lot of POC artists within the space. When you are at BlurredCon, that is a majority of what is comprised in and of that space. And so it is this entire love um, just across the spectrum of like anything that anybody wants to show up as. And I will never forget when I was doing my research for this podcast and I saw those Waluigi photos, I fucking lost my shit. And I was like, 
Eat a word. Eat a fucking word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, again, having that community and having, like, those safe spaces just makes cosplay... It makes you want to keep cosplaying. Mm-hmm. And I've met people in BlurCon that, like, I still follow on IG. I still look at their cosplays, and they're amazing. It's just nice to, like, you know, go into space and not have to worry about, like, oh, am I going to be othered or anything? Like, it's just, like, you feel, like, you're home. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, that's the end goal I always feel with any community especially is that that's kind of like how I always feel that conventions were a safe space for me because you know there's like the ongoing joke like haha we call people who are outside of the con space normies and then we you know we have people in the con space that are like depending on like what version like you are of a nerd I guess is the best way to put it where like you're we we're like you like comics but like weeb is like the more like known phrase and so in that space, like, we have created a community that is kind of safe, but it's not safe for all communities because in some sense, no matter what community you are, something is going to be othered. You know, that's a sad fact in the world, but that's the nature of it. And so to see something where BlurredCon exists, where it's specifically like, listen, I know at times within our own con community, within the con spaces, we can be othered though it doesn't happen like let's say 100 percent of the time it still happens like a good majority enough for people to feel uncomfortable with let's create a space for all of us to feel welcomed no matter what no matter what shade range we are no matter what skill level we are just know that because this community exists like the con community exists we also fully exist and we should just be as proud as represented no matter what and just showcase that through and through and i fully fully am about it yeah i remember like the last BlurCon i went to i think was last year and they had like a lgbt panel they had a panel about disabilities like you actually see the representation throughout BlurCon. it blows my mind yeah because we definitely had um Yvonna on an earlier podcast which everybody and like everybody loves that episode I absolutely love that episode because Yvonna definitely touches like how there are like outside like you mentioned outside of POCs being not fully represented there are also you know our disabled counterparts or handicapped counterparts in various different um, capacities that aren't fully you know showcased and I vividly remember like now that we're talking about it that there was one cosplayer who was disabled in a wheelchair and she she had a handle i forgot what it was i'm gonna find it i'm gonna link it in the the episode notes for this one because she was like the one in the cosplay community for the while where she was like i'm in a wheelchair yes i'm cosplaying i'm not doing anything else do not take this as a joke because i'm seriously doing this like do not make fun of me i am misa amane like i am like sally from like nightmare before christmas i am ariel like i don't deserve to be treated otherwise just because i'm rolling around in a wheelchair because that is what i can move around in and so it's lovely to always see that representation and i always try to like if I'm at a con, like, and I do see somebody who's disabled cosplaying, I'm just like, baby, 
you're doing more than I ever will. Like, and I appraise you, I applaud you for that. Because I don't know if you're like, you know, photographers aren't going to be the ones to like run up to them. But I was just like, I just want to know that you are loved and you are seen and more than anything else. And just like holding that, again, holding that safe space. It's so, so important. Yeah, I mean... community is the reason why a lot of people come back to cons community is the reason why many people find different things and like i always find it funny in my conversations not on this podcast um but with certain friends because i remember specifically like other people have obviously like various different interests like you know we have even for example our own photographer friends like that participate within the cosplay scene but don't just exclusively participate in it they usually do work outside of the cosplay scene but like they have their own community through photographers you know talking about gear and all of that good stuff and then you have your other side with video editors and community is what always will bring people together and it doesn't matter what the subject is but it's it's a lot of just knowing that somebody else has the same interests as you and they're willing to participate in it and you don't like you said feel othered because you like x y and z and when we do feel othered that's when we try to find our communities to just base ourselves and be like no i'm not weird for you know liking whatever it is there is somebody else out there who does participate in everything that i you know also thoroughly enjoy in yeah like even when i started cosplaying like, I had always talked to people about anime, but I didn't, I didn't fully understand the concept of cons- cosplaying, like, myself. Mm-hmm. So I was always like, oh, this is, like, I just like talking about anime. I just like talking about spooky stuff. Right. And then I find out there's, like, a whole other side of it where, like, you can be the person that you, like, in the anime. You could dress up as them. And like walk around and everyone's gonna chill with you. Yes. And it's it's such a lovely freeing experience. Cause it's like I always feel like just like drag, like cosplay has its moments, especially during Halloween, where like you feel like that's the one and only time of year that you can participate in something like that. And then when you fully realize there are other avenues outside in life that you can fully do this, like on like a weekend basis, maybe like once a month if you want, or like there's always a con literally happening every weekend somewhere in the world when we're not in COVID times, but like you can do it. And like, it's not like shamed upon like people are like yes we encourage it like show up dress up like i always say cosplayers are the little they're the spice of the con like because we could literally all just say wholesale we're not cosplaying what is it gonna be just a bunch of normal people walking around y'all like that i bet y'all like that Uh uh-huh come talk to me (laughs) later (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just like even when you go to a con as a cosplayer and like um, you walk around and you see other people's cosplays, it just makes it so much better. It makes the experience so much better. Cause you'll be like, oh, remember that cosplay that we saw that was like mm-hmm. really good. And then you'll just go and find a person's page. And then now you're looking at all their cosplays cause they're also amazing. <laughs> yes. But it like, it adds that spice. It adds that like extra little, you know, sasson. The little sasson, baby, the adobo. 
you know it. Every time. Every time. Because, like, the amount of friends that I have made through, like, let's say me walking into a con, me seeing a cosplay that I absolutely thoroughly love, taking a photo of them, passing my phone and be like, baby, what is your IG? And they will share it. And then from then on, we'll be in the DMs talking. And it's not anything like that. But it is just being like friendship is being formed. And like I see them at the next con. And I'm just like, oh my God, it's you. I remember you from that con. You wore that. Baby, you look lovely. And you look just as good today, if not better. And they're like, oh, thank you. I remember you. And like, just like that, new friend acquired. Yeah, and it's just like, like yeah, walking around and you, you know, you see someone or someone sees you and you're a cosplay, and then you're just like, all right, we have exchanged the Instagrams, we're following each other, like, mm-hmm. let's keep talking, let's keep building community, you know, and then you see each other again, and it's just like, it's like I found a friend <laughs> in this large con space. Yes, in a space filled with at least, like, 3,000 people, you have made at least a friend. And, like, I always say, if I can walk out of a con weekend, at least legitimately meeting, like, five people. And I'm not saying, like, five people that I've, like, said hi and bye to, like, in the split of a second. I'm saying, like, five people that I would have never known before this con, sat down with them, had at least like a like a three to five minute conversation at least and then went about my day followed them on instagram added them on facebook i was like baby that was a good con for me because i was perusing i was schmoozing and i was boozing because that's how i talk to people and like just truly (laughs) just living in the moment and just creating my own little community and that's what i love to do yeah even like i have horrible social anxiety so like sometimes me going into large spaces is scary it's like there's a lot of people and you kind of get overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and just even finding something like someone's cosplaying a character that you like and then you're just like oh okay that's like I could talk to this person because we both like the same thing and it just helps like it helps so much to just kind of like oh I found like a little space I feel safer like everything's going smoothly Yes, absolutely. And you know what? This recording of this podcast has gone so smoothly, but baby, baby, you know what time it is, and I don't wish it never ended, but our hour is coming up. And I would I mean we're gonna continue conversation, it's fine. Yeah. But for the <laughs> listeners, they 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 get the boot. <laughs> But oh, I was like, I'm glad that like I I thoroughly loved having you on because it's like I always love talking about cosplay, like not like on like the flashier level, but like on a more like more accessible level because that's how everybody starts, and it's it's not like everybody comes out of the womb out of the game just like doing the most. Like we all start somewhere, and especially like you being so recent into the scene and still like killing looks makeup, wig, outfits, even if you get your friends help, because I am no stranger to that, it's still lovely to see and you just thriving and like wanting to participate more in the scene after you're getting your first taste. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm still I'm still learning. Like even after three years, I feel like the learning just never stops. Like mm-hmm. I'm still, you know, hitting up Kendra and Ella like, hey, 
how do I figure out this one stitch? <laughs> or like, how do I figure out like this one fabric or whatever? And I'm still learning, but like, we all start somewhere and it's all like a journey. It's a fun journey. Yes. And baby, is it a wild journey too. But uh, Ada, is there anything you'd like to promote? Oh, um, you can follow me on IG. My IG is Super Bayan. Um, I'm also starting a horror anime um, Twitter and IG and hopefully soon a podcast um, called Sailor Kawaii. That's Sailor and then K-O-W-A-I. Um, you can follow me through those handles on Twitter and IG. Yes, baby. And you know they're going to be in the episode notes. So nobody can get the spellings wrong whatsoever. But uh, guys, remember, you can ask any questions for myself or my guests to answer on the podcast at CuriousCat.me slash Playing Dressup. And if you love this podcast, you can like it. You can rate it. Oh, baby. And you can subscribe so you never, ever miss an episode. You can even directly support this podcast on anchor.fm slash playing dress up via a small, small monthly donation. Oh, just something. You can give it a nice five stars on Apple Podcasts. And even if you don't like it, ooh, then give it the nice five stars and leave a nasty little comment. I'll read it on air. Don't think I won't, because I will. Because we like what? Constructive criticism and drama. <laughs> Anyways, guys, we'll see you next time. Goodbye! <laughs>